position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, and welcome to episode number 249 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. Being recorded for you on this uh, Saturday, August the 3rd at uh, 11.56 a.m. Pacific Coast time, left coast, coast of the most. That would make it for our sequel friends, uh, 2019-08-03. Crack engineer, Ivor Molina over there in the booth. Holding up the whiskey sign. Ah, mmm, good. Mm. We have a huge show. By the way, Ivor, you're fired. We got to get that out of the way. Huge show for you this week. I tried to ever say that because it's like a total fucking initial knee jerk ripoff of Chris Fisher and uh, Jupiter Broadcasting. But anyway. This week, we do. Let's get straight to our top stories. And we'll just go through the rundown and blah. First of all, many congratulations and many thank yous. Especially many thank yous to everyone who availed themselves of uh, last week's 60-game giveaway. Every, I mean, 
by the time we hit uh, Sunday at 12 a.m., we'd already met like five new fucking people and had given away over half of the games. Like, I want to say 27, actually 27 games or something like that. 20, 23, something like that, because there were some on Sunday. Anyway, then Monday the death match began where there were there was no limit. You could pick as many games as you want. Um, many thanks to Broken Smile. Everybody, everybody who participated, thank you for helping take the games off my hands. Now, for the final challenge, Wednesday, uh, Wednesday morning. I don't know if I mentioned this in uh, the the um, the podcast last week, but the idea was that uh, Friday through Monday, it, the limit was two games per person, and then Monday there was no limit, but you didn't know what had been taken. Then Wednesday, oh, you motherfuckers gonna die! Uh, Wednesday was clearing out. I was going to pick one person at random from my known universe, not just from the Discord or anything like that, but from the my known universe. I, although I did favor, uh, blah, pick one user, one user at random to get all of the remaining licenses. That user was Gap and Stance, so he won thirty three fucking licenses. Some of them very good. Um, to all sorts of games. Uh, I the way I picked it, by the way, I wrote a program a while ago called Random Selector. Mm. Long time ago, actually. Uh, designed to do um, sexual molestation allegation uh, bingo with a friend of the show, Jeff Jeffy Wise. And so it takes two arrays, well, two lists in Python, um, one of my picks and one of his picks and then randomly generates a bingo card and so I modified that so it only took one list and I just plugged in all the names it was completely fair and square, I ran it one time Gap and Stance was the winner Red Faster was the runner up so uh, Red Faster if you want to ping me uh, with anything I don't have any licenses anymore so that's awesome Anyway, cheers and thanks so much, everyone, for making that such a tremendously easier on me, both my conscience and in terms of time constraints uh, experience. Because, like, last year, when I tried to clean out my uh, Humble Bundle library, I mean, even BPR, BPR, everybody, everybody in the Discord uh, helped. And it it was great. Because last year, I tried to, I spent, like, two months trying to match everyone with the perfect game and shit and I had to keep track of what I had given away and this year I was like, fuck it, we'll do a giveaway we'll give away 60 games and then whoever you know, blah, so next year, I look forward to doing it again next year, many thanks to everyone who participated and uh, props to Gap and Stance for winning, improbably I mean, Gap and Stance isn't even a Linux gamer really, that, that I know of although we're playing, we're working on playing Retro Arch together so, up next in our top stories, we I know I'm burying the lead because we have such a story for you this week. We have we have such a feature for you this week. It is mind blowing. It is mind bending blowing. But anyway, 
Last night, I was drunk and stoned and getting ready to pass out and checking my email. Mm. Ba-bam! I don't know what the fuck is going on with Steam Curation, but for the five years that we've run this podcast, almost five years now, this October, it'll be five years, um, that we've run this podcast, uh, Prior to like three months ago, we have never received a free game unsolicited in any way from a developer. Three months ago, I got an offer from somebody via the Steam curation list, which someone had used to find Best Things Games podcast. They were a developer. Can't remember what game it was. Does not matter. So that's one out of almost five years until like two nights ago. Or last night, actually. It was last night. We got four free licenses for games, all of which were from Linux-focused developers. One of which I actually sat down and played last night. It's called Waves 2. But anyway, here are the games that we've gotten in early access and free with licenses and stuff. And I will be sure, I will try to be sure to explicitly um, describe them as such going forward because I will run a feature on each one of these games. That's the plus and minus. That That is the price of immortality. Um, yeah, so, yeah, you can step to death row, you can be like Laser Blast with MST3K, please do our movie, please do our movie, and then try to sue MST3K after they do your fucking movie um, so like, whether good or bad I will tell you what the fuck you know, these are in early access, these are not these won't be reviews or anything, but I will run features on them, because all of these four guys, whose whose offers I accepted um, for these four games, uh emphasize Linux stuff. Like, they're, like, trying to reach out to the Linux audience. So, here are the four games. Waves Squared, or Waves 2, depending. Slide, which I think I'm going to probably brutalize. Possession, and Steel Seraft. Or Steel Seraph. Up next in our top stories, then we can get to our feature, because, oh boy, what a feature do we have. It only took me 134 hours and Disfor's patient tender tutelage. Actually, I, I didn't beat it with uh, Disfor's method. I beat it with my own actual build, but I finally beat the level 100 boss in Nova Drift yesterday. I don't know what the schedule is for Nova Drift as to when it leaves early access, but holy fuck, it is one of my favorite games that I've played this year. Um, it is amazeballs. Uh, other two games that I've been playing this week, we'll do a little miniature uh, when I'm playing real fast. Um, and then Wolfenstein Youngblood, which I continue to enjoy. I don't understand. I do... I do understand why the reviews are mixed on the Steam store, and I did read some of them. And they all, the top ones made a bunch of good points, uh, both in terms of the positive and the negatives. Um, but I really enjoy this game. It's like 
it's as close as you're going to get to Grand Theft Auto 5 online in the Wolfenstein universe um you know and like yeah it has its faults we'll do a full review of it next week although now we are so backed up in terms of reviews we have like seven games that we are ready to pull the trigger on reviews like we got Graveyard Keeper we have uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood which I want to play a little more before I review it I'm only at like 27 hours 28 hours, 26 hours um uh Oh, and a bunch of shit. Anyway, it does not matter. We're back the fuck up. There's only four weeks every fucking month, and you know, to do a review feature every month, it it will take us a month and a half to get back, which is good. They're evergreens, but I just want you to know that, like, I really like these games, um, and I played them sig- played them for a significant amount of time, long enough in general to review them now, and I would give Wolfenstein Youngblood a very positive review. Um, as well as Graveyard Keeper, which I've logged 44 hours in. So, enough with all of that bullshit. Oh wait, uh, there's something else. Fuck. I'm forgetting something important. Damn it, I can't remember. Ivor, you're fired! Shit! Well, anyway. Fuck. Oh, yeah. Super Mega Baseball 2. Also, Mortal Kombat 10. Elder Scrolls Online, which I'm not ready to do, actually. Uh, anyway. Now. friends and fellow neighbors well friends and neighbors because it would be weird if we were fellow neighbors because that's just like well why aren't we just fellows or neighbors Mm. friends and neighbors madames and messieurs Ivor based them with the feature oh my god it's Bolivians. Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Scooby. Last week, you might recall that I mentioned that, uh, very prominently, uh, that Valve announced that they were shipping their Valve Index VR virtual reality uh, headset and system uh, within a week instead of September 20th. And so I decided to take the Pepsi Challenge and buy one for $1,081. It was supposed to arrive yesterday. Sadly, it did not. No, it did not arrive yesterday. It arrived on Wednesday. Now, the best way to, de- to talk about this because this is mind-blowing. best way to talk about this is doing a comparison. And I was going to write up a whole chart, a big comparison chart, because this is the third virtual reality system that I've owned for Linux. Ostensibly for Linux. The other two 
you have to append ostensibly. What were the other two? Uh, the Oculus Rift SDK 2, which started off with uh, Linux support, and then Linux support was pulled. And I bought that for development, which was a bad idea. But how was I to know? I believed them. And then the next one was the HTC Vive, which to me represented like a massive leap forward in terms of what virtual reality could be and the immersiveness of virtual reality by virtue of its two handheld um, control sticks. Well, the HTC, this is in interest of, you know, full disclosure, the HTC Vive, which was supposed to have Linux support on day one, took a year for Linux support to be added to it. And that was not all Steam VR's fault, although partially it was Steam VR's fault, but it was not all Steam VR's fault. It was mainly, I would say it's about half and half. My problem with the HTC Vive apart from the fact that they breaking your promise on a piece of equipment in terms of the required operating system that's supposed to work on day one of launch for like, it was it was one of the most expensive pieces of equipment that I've ever bought um, post my first recent generation video card which was a GTX 970 back then and cost more than my current computer now um, breaking that promise was really catastrophic, and then make so I ran the HTC Vive on my studio computer, which is a less it's it's a lesser computer. It's not designed for gaming, and it runs Windows. It runs Windows Ten, and so I never really played. I played forty two hours over three years. I think since the HTC, I think it's been three years since the HTC Vive dropped. The first year was wasted because there was no way to set it up on Linux. After the first year, I set it up on Linux. It was a nightmare. So, when we do this comparison, and I was going to do this whole chart and I don't even have notes for this, so I'm going to blue sky this because I got to tell you about the Valve Index, which destroys the HTC Vive in every way. Predominantly, biggest and most important reason why you might want to buy a Valve Index. Do not buy an HTC Vive. If you're going to buy a virtual reality headset and you run Linux and you want to run it on Linux, buy a fucking Valve Index. That's just the first thing. Why? Because setting up the Valve Index on Linux was a nightmare. It took weeks um, there's a video of us playing of me playing uh, Serious Sam virtual reality, the first encounter with very carefully tuned haptic pads for movement and etc and that was like from two years ago and that was like uh, January since then January two years ago the HTC Vive the base stations kept dying on me and other people have many, many, many quality assurance and build problems with everything from the headset to uh, the actual um, boards inside of the uh, hand sticks. 
it is a pain in the ass to set up the HEC Vive for several reasons. Principally, one, you have to buy several tripods or your own mounting hardware to mount the base stations. The base stations must be able to see each other, must be at the... They used to have to be at the same height, if I remember correctly. And, uh... The headset tracking was it was a nightmare. It was just a nightmare. It was a nightmare. It worked for like three glowing months. And then it just became a fucking nightmare. I replaced one of the base stations, which cost a hundred and fucking fifty dollars or something like that. That did not work. The Bluetooth updating on the base stations and the headset did not work, meaning and I I know you all want to hear about the Valve Index, and you're going to hear about it, but it is important that you have a com- some basis for comparison between the two because the Valve Index bl- will blow your mind. So here is the setup process for the uh, HTC Vive. Okay, not the Index, the Vive. Buy tripods. Well, first of all, you know, figure out your work, your your VR space. Then, which is a big pain in the ass because I, I don't think that developers well, we'll get to that later. Then you have to connect, you have to mount either on a tripod or on a shelf or on a wall or some combination thereof the actual base stations to where they're going to be and where they can see each other and where they are no more than like 9 meters apart. It's crazy the amount of shit that you have to do to set up the HTC Vive. Then, once they are set up and plugged in and can see each other, and they are set on the right channel, I don't understand what the differences between A, B, and C actually are, but it doesn't matter. This is not about the HTC Vive, so full disclosure, well, just a element of full disclosure, I haven't set up the HTC Vive in... Oh god, oh, maybe five months, something like that. Longer than that, maybe longer, doesn't matter. So the details of this technically are not to be followed if you have an HTC Vive. You have to set one on channel A and one on channel B, or something like that. They can't be any further than nine meters apart from each other. They have to be able to see each other. They have to be able to see um, your controllers while you're using them, whether it's a sitting or a, or a full room VR setup, and they have to be able to see both of them the uh, the headset. You set them up. You power them on. They recognize each other. You power them down. You take them off. You physically unmount them from everywhere that you just mounted them. Then you physically plug a USB, a micro USB cable into them, into your computer one at a time and carefully pray that the firmware updates. You repeat this process for every peripheral and there are four peripherals in a virtual reality system such as this. There's two controllers, two base stations and two controllers, two base stations and one VR headset. Now, on the Vive, all of these cable, well, okay. Then you unplug the base stations 
after you've updated the firmware, which generally does not go well with the HTC Vive. Then you have to remount them and then replug in the power to them. This is a fucking humongous pain in the ass. I mean, like when I say humongous, I don't just mean it's an inconvenience because considering that just those steps alone at any if any one of those steps fucks up, if the firmware doesn't update on your controller, you're fucked. If the firmware doesn't update on your base station, you're fucked. If, you know, and generally the software was completely buggy through Steam VR. Um and there was no Linux, native Linux support via HTC for the firmware. So it was just a kludgy, kludgy is charitable, is putting it charitably. But if you got it running, you did get the awesome experience of fully immersive uh, virtual reality on Linux, game depending. All of this was before Proton, by the way. So then you plug in, you you remount everything. You hope that Steam VR recognizes all of it. If it doesn't, you're fucked. You have to fucking redo everything all over again. Any step, any failed step in this process basically results in you having to do it all over again. Meaning unmounting both of your base stations, pulling them down to your computer, fucking finding a USB. It is a nightmare. And then praying that Steam VR will actually update the firmware. It was dizzying. And I did this dance so many times. Now, also, I know we've spent more time now talking about the HTC Vive than we've we've not spared a single moment for the Valve Index. That's because the Valve Index is going to blow your mind. Just bear with me. The other sixth sixth S-I-X-T-H piece of equipment in the HTC Valve virtual reality setup is a breakout box that all the cabling has to go through not for the base stations but for the headset and this breakout box has both an HDMI port and a display port output it requires a dedicated HDMI output the display port never worked ever, ever worked for me ever on anything on Windows, on Linux never worked for me the HDMI obviates if you have a DisplayPort multi-monitor setup like I do, would obviate the ability for most graphic cards and Linux kernels at that time um, I'm, I'm playing fast and loose with my facts here, but I'm just telling you from personal experience, I've set it up and torn it down at least Mm, 15 times in Linux and 3 times in Windows okay and these are different rooms over 3 years so you know technically I might not be exactly accurate in what I'm talking about but experientially and with a decent you know dollop of above average technical knowledge you know above your average user's technical knowledge the HTC Vive was impossible to fucking get to work on Linux, more or less. When it, it worked for three months and then it did not work at all. But this breakout box was the worst, most painful aspect of it. Because the breakout box, so you had a headset that required with a bad 
cable connector clip. It was like this kludgy fucking piece of shit. I never luckily had any problems with my connector clip onto my VR headset in the HTC Vive. Everyone else on the face of the planet did. And if it broke in any way, because there's a four, four or three or four, four, uh, type of cable connector clip. Um, meaning that they controlled the video and the audio. Um, and then there was a power cable also coming out of the back of the headset. But all of this is like one clip, but then there's like these four cables that come out the back of the headset. All of that has to go into a separate breakout box that goes into your video card, your USB, and also requires another uh, power strip spot for a, you know for the power adapter. And none of it fucking worked. And it was a nightmare. I've always holding up the whiskey sign. So, why am I telling you this? Because when I say that the Valve Index in comparison to the HTC Vive is easily 25 times easier to get it up and running to configure it to put it you know put up the base stations and everything I'm not fucking kidding here is the install procedure the setup procedure for the Valve Index okay Valve Index cost me $1,000 this is the complete set it comes with two controllers two base stations all the cabling and uh, a headset blah we'll get to the features of the headset and etc in a few moments but this is the biggest and most important thing because if you can't get oh and by the way the HTC Vive never ran by virtue of the fact that it like could it has a display port but it will never use it it would never use it never ever 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 in fact I'm almost fucking positive that the display port out of the breakout box on the uh, HTC Vive was absolute bullshit. It was not fucking functional. Three years, blah. You have to remember that when I say 25 times easier, this does include that one year where it didn't work at all on Linux, but it did work great on, under Windows. It was still a pain in the ass to set up under Windows. And it was almost impossible to set up under Linux after those three months where it really worked. Might have been a problem with the base stations. Might have many complex moving parts in this shit. You understand what I'm saying? Valve Index, 25 times easier to set up on Linux, out of the box. 25 times. When I say 25 times, it's not hyperbole. Just consider the fact that, like, you know, the difference between one and two times is twice as efficient. You know, like, I mean, so 25 times is fairly, unbelievably extreme. Here's the setup process for the Valve Index. Comes to your house, you have to sign for it. Big pain in the ass. Whatever. You open up the box. Inside the box, this is a fucking amazing innovation. There are these base stations. These are the things that provide the uh, infrared tracking, but they do more than that. They're actual cameras inside of there 
they far outstrip in functionality and uh, in every way the HTC Vive just from the specs just based on specs the Valve Index base stations are incredible they are also insanely lightweight so step one let, let me actually hang on I will pause this let me get the instructions okay thank you Ivor you're fired so I'm looking at a digital version of it comes with like a uh, uh, what do you call it a um, it's like a deck of cards it's like a quad, it's like an accordion folded little booklet that's about it's like rectangular so it's not the size it's, it's, it's like square so it's not the size of a pack of cigarettes but about, it's about the size of a pack of uh, Marble Red 100s and it's accordion folded and here's what it says welcome to virtual reality install Steam VR prepare your play area attach your base station stands now here's the thing the valve index comes with not only with the, the base stations which you know you obviously need these base stations come with they're cheap but they feel sturdy enough and the base stations are light enough they come with actual plastic stands so you don't need to buy tripods and these plastic stands which have a pivoting uh, like a gimbal kind of fucking thing you know, it's they're made out of plastic but they're very good allow you to tilt them in any angle you know, blah, and the base station, the, 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 these mounts, you just screw them on they take two seconds and you pop them on top of a shelf or on top of whatever and they are adequate to support the base station without them like being about without you having to worry about them falling off the shelf. Other thing, the power adapter cable and connector for the base stations on the H, on the on the valve index it locks in and it's in. You're not going to have to worry about jiggling cables and then pulling something off a shelf and then you know having to buy a new fucking base station. But the real thing is the mounts that come the sta- the base station stands that ship default with the full kit. HTC Vive had nothing like this. I had to buy tripods. Then I had to buy more tripods, different size tripods. Then I had to buy different size snake things that would hold in my base stations because, you know, and it's a nightmare. And it was expensive. This gives you a way to try out virtual reality. I mean, you want your base stations, the same, you know, basic restrictions uh, apply more or less. Like, you want them as high up as possible. These don't really need to see each other. They just need to see the room and the light goes from blue to green and you're done. So you plug them in, you, you place them, you plug them in. And they can be at different heights. They don't have to be at the same height. Unlike the HTC Vive. Then you connect your headset. All of this goes directly to your computer. One cable out of the headset goes directly into the computer's display port. You have to have a free display port. It ran okay. I have three monitors set up right now. It ran okay using my uh, four-port display port adapter, but then I realized that I had an extra display port open on my actual video card. That works great. So I got my three monitors up and running 
and I have the the blah. You need a USB 3.0 to get the audio. And then uh there's a breakout cable from the uh power outlet, the AC adapter um to the uh to the headset that has to have its own, you know, blah and the base stations both have to have their own spots on a power strip or whatever, but they're across the room from each other. Blah. Then you turn you press one button to turn on your controllers. Click on VR inside your Steam client and that's it. Everything else is uh you know, minor adjustments. It will work out of the box, at least on Mint 19, the way I did it. Mm. I was missing some 32-bit libraries for Steam, but I found a one-liner that got them all back for me. Um, and that's only just because like, I recently upgraded from Mint 18 to 19. So, blah. Now you can, literally, you're done. That's it. There is no syncing of anything to anything. There is no blah. It works via Bluetooth. I updated the firmware via Bluetooth flawlessly. You set everything up and then you update your shit. It's the most logical fucking way that you would do it. It's the way a real engineer instead of a fucking marketer would fucking design this system. It is astonishing. Now, let's get to what is way better about, well, first of all, it's, it's impossible to underestimate, to, to underemphasize, to overemphasize, that's the word, how big a difference this setup process is from any of the other two virtual reality headsets that I've had under Linux ever. This is, I mean, trust me, it's, if you've never done this sort of shit before, it's, you're gonna have to look, look up some facts and stuff, maybe, depending on your distro, Blah, blah, blah. But if Steam and Steam VR run on your system, you will probably probably be okay, and it will still be 25 times less painful than the HTC Vive. And I'm sending this to the HTC Vive uh, PR person. I want her to hear it, because she should have talked to me more. Um, she did make space for us, but this is why she's about to get crushed. And this is cheaper. The it's eleven hundred bucks with shipping, shipping included. This will work out of the box, and the biggest problem, especially if you run a multiple monitor system, biggest problem with adding a virtual reality setup to well, two biggest problems to your existing system. You know, provided that you have like a great video card. Two biggest problems. One if it doesn't work on your system, you're fucked. HCC's return policy for the Vive fucked me continuously. Um, I mean, really fucked me continuously. Basically told me to go kick rocks like after, you know, six weeks. I waited for like a month or something. Something like that. I'm like, oh yeah, fuck you. Yeah, it's beyond a blah. Valve index doesn't work, they'll, they will take it back they will take it back you'll have to pay for shipping I think I haven't had to return one, but anyway second biggest thing is figuring out your play area 
which is a big pain in the ass, which we will come back to in a, in a moment. I don't want to have to jog around my fucking room. I can go jog around the neighborhood if I wanted to, which I don't. That's why I hate basketball. I'm a chain smoker. I have the lung capacity of a fucking raccoon. I want sit sitting in place virtual reality. I kind of had, you know, everyone kind of has this amount of space. This is so much easier. If you live in any sort of apartment, just the virtue by virtue of the fact that it include the the base stations include these mounting stands, which can then be screwed into. By the way, because you can, like I said, it's like a gimbal. It's like a you know big plastic ball inside of a a nut or like a a screw kind of, or yeah like a nut kind of thing. So you can adjust the angle however you want and they're designed to be drilled into a wall eventually if you want to, if you need to, or into a shelf if you want to, or if you need to. Doesn't matter. And the power connectors to the base stations are fantastic. Once they're in, they're in. You're not going to have to worry about them coming out. (coughs) So, and you will, so far, in terms of firmware updates or whatever, and I've done this twice now, actually, since Wednesday, because Steam pushed a major update and blah, 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 blah. It will work out of the box. For all intents and purposes, on your Linux box, it will work out of the box. Now, let's get to the technical differences, major technical differences, in terms of, like, you know, the the, the way you experience virtual reality via the Valve Index versus the HTC Vive. One of the biggest selling points about the Valve Index, other than like it's by Valve and one of the operating systems supported is Linux and SteamOS is the other one and Windows is the third. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, if this doesn't work, then they have fucked up. They have fucked up royally. No, it works. It works totally. One of the biggest selling points though was the fact uh was it the headset itself has better resolution and less moray pattern effect the screen door effect where it looks like you're looking through like a checkerboard like a tic-tac-toe kind of thing like you're looking through a screen door um, up close kind of that is dramatically reduced with the uh, valve index over the HTC Vive now my HTC Vive is three years old this, however, is also lighter, and the headset is also lighter and more comfortable to wear. There, I do have some problems with the headset, though, but I, I've only had it for fucking three days. Well, barely three days now. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. This is Saturday. Uh, and Thursday, I got sick. So, I didn't get to game as much as I would like to. I've spent a lot of time inside of the HD uh, inside of the uh, Valve Index and it is not just markedly it is remarkably easier on the eyes like you do not get like fatigued part part of that I imagine is because it's lighter but it's also like summer out here and it's hot in my house there's no sweat problem I've had some issues with getting the image clarity exactly the way I want it because 
blah, and I've had some issues with the uh, out-of-ear stereo audio getting to work, but we'll, we'll revisit those in a moment. The biggest... So, other so just not having to feel exhausted every 20 minutes that you spend playing in virtual reality, especially if you use virtual reality like I used to with virtual whiteboard and code on and, uh, you know, other, other things that you could export to Blender. Like 3D sculpting is a real, is a real thing in virtual reality. Like I don't have, I can't sculpt in 3D and, in every program that I have, Blender and uh, 3D Coat, 3D Coat does a better job of it than most, but I can't actually sculpt shit. And I'm not a good sculptor. In fact, I actually prefer to model, you know, either from primitives and then poly by poly or just straight up poly by poly, depending on what I'm modeling, like vector to vector, you know, blah. But um, everyone, for some reason, calls it poly by poly, which is like the world's worst misnomer. Anyway, if you come from a certain generation. Um, so not feeling exhausted after 20 minutes of eye strain and, and or of head strain and or of just like cable strain. The other thing is like the build quality on the cable that protrudes, you know, your umbilical from the headset. It's very long. It's very heavy duty. Um, this is how it seems. I've only had it for three days. Uh, but it, it's very long. That's what she said. I know, because you were waiting for me to make that joke. It's very long. It's much more generous. And it all plugs into your computer. And there is, along the chain of that cable, a single breakout link like an emergency breakout link, like if you fall off a balcony, God forbid, Jesus Christ, only a matter of time before someone does that, but like if, or like if you run into, or like, you know, like, you're in virtual reality, and the doorbell rings, and you run to go get the pizza, instead of it ripping apart everything, and, you know, blah, there's a breakout cable, it just breaks the connection, blah. I have not tried this, but that's the idea, and that is a it's a sing- it's in line with the cable. There's no breakout box. HTC Vive, the breakout box was one of the biggest fucking problems in the entire loop. None of that. It's all streamlined, simplified, chop channel, lowered and lugered. Problems that I've had with the display are that it I, I've had some I can't wear it with my glasses. But I haven't read the full fine tuning for image clarity and stuff like that. Uh, luckily, I'm I can't see shit that's far away, so I kind of don't need my glasses inside of virtual reality. Now let's get to the amazing shit about the Valve Index. I know it's only taken us about an hour, forty seven minutes. Sorry about that. Ivor, you're fired. The greatest thing about the HTC Vive was that it rendered your hands, not your hands, but like it rendered, made you feel like it was rendering your hands in virtual reality. When For me, when you can see a physical representation of your own body and your own biometrics moving in the virtual virtual reality world that is being shown to you through the headset, it almost completely 
tricks my mind into believing that I am there. And it's much more immersive than the Oculus SDK 2, although now Oculus has a... But don't buy an Oculus, because it doesn't work with Linux, at least last time I checked. And on a personal note, they fucked me over. They made me pay a thousand bucks for a headset that they abandoned that was designed for developer. I mean, fuck you. You abandoned six months after you start shipping it? Fuck, you abandon Linux six months? Fuck you, Oculus. I'm never buying an Oculus product again, nor am I really anyone who could recommend or not recommend one uh, w- with an unbiased, you know, view. You understand where, I, where I'm coming from? Don't buy a fucking Oculus, okay? Especially if you want a game on Linux. Buy a Valve Index. Now, not only did the Index arrive three days, uh, or two days earlier than it should have, uh, that's the other thing. Like, they are shipping them. Like, it's crazy. Like, they're shipping them, and they're shipping them faster than they said that they were shipping them. So, this idea on the on the Vive was that you had the you had these two you had these two sticks with giant circles on them, and then on the top of the stick are uh, where like your thumb would go is a haptic D pad very similar to um, the Steam controller. This haptic D pad is one of the biggest problems with the HTC Vive, even if you do get it to work because tuning it appropriately requires tuning it for every game and unless you want to teleport from point to point I want to move through every game and I want to do it from the comfort of my own ability to sit in a goddamn chair I don't want to have to fucking jog around my fucking room I mean if you want to do that then that's fine and you can do that with the Valve Index as well we're going to go about an hour and a half I know we're coming up on 50 minutes now because now we're going to get to the meat of this shit The Valve Index said, you know, no one really likes this whole system that the that HTC has put out, but it does have some good ideas. So what we're going to do, each controller on the Valve Index looks like one half of a steering wheel. So if you put them together, like if you put if you if you hold them in your hands and you put them together, they look like a steering wheel. The exterior circular uh, plastic part of it is what I think communicates and uh, resonates because it's a unique shape to your base stations. On the front of each controller, so this is true for each controller they're mirrored, so one's for your right hand, one's for your left hand, and they are hand specific you can't use the left one with your right hand, etc on the front there are two central features, there's a weird plate where your where your uh, pinky uh, ring finger and middle finger go We'll talk more about that in a moment. Then there's a front-mounted trigger. Then on the top of the controller, this is all controlled by your thumb at the top, there are the following. There's a B button at the top left, an A button at the bottom left. At the very bottom left is a recessed button that turns the controller on and off, and also if you tap it, will bring up the 
uh, dashboard for your for VR. Bring up Steam VR's dashboard. Then in the center of the top of the controller is a recessed, almost like a toggle switch, but it's like a digital analog toggle that doesn't actually toggle because it can actually be used. You can use it. You can move your thumb up and down it depending on uh, the application and context uh, for it to become a scroll wheel. It also has a button press. All of these have button presses. Then on the far right is actually an analog, a miniature analog, it's very easy to use, miniature analog stick, just like from a twin stick shooter. It's very small. It is very easy to find with your thumb. It is very easy to control with your thumb. You can click down on it for one more button press. Now, these controllers on each side, on on the side of each of them, so on the depending on handedness, on the right hand side of the right handed controller and on the left hand side of the left hand controller there is a uh, what do you call it, like a wrap it's like a bungee cord style kind of but it's it's much more comfortable than it's not you're you're not strapping bungee cords to it. Bottom line is this: when you put your hand, you don't hold this controller. You can have this controller in in the palm of your hand without touching it with any of your fingers, because the wrap holds it in place. The wrap has a configurable dial. You press it in so that you can get it to most comfortably conform to your hand so that you have a full range of motion uh, especially with your thumb and well, just all your fingers but the bottom line is this outside of that wrap is that half moon steering wheel kind of thing the wrap is also the same shape as the half moon style kind of steering wheel thing you do not have to hold this controller with any fingers once you figure out how to once you figure out exactly the best and most natural position for it to rest you get very good at putting you put the controller on is what I'm trying to say. You put them on and you take them off. It is much better than the HTC Vive which you have to hold. Now why is this much better? Unlike the HTC Vive which only kept track of your thumb and the actual positioning of the controller in 3D virtual reality space. Because you don't have to hold this, it can actually keep track of all of your fingers. I'm not kidding. The base stations, this system keeps track of all of your fingers. Not your thumb and not your index, but all the rest of it. So like, for instance, I know this this sounds insane, right? Like it doesn't sound like it's possible. It, it it works. It works really well. For instance, there's a mech game that we'll talk about in a few moments called Vox Ma- Vox Machine Machine Machina M A C H I N A E A or something like that. Vox, I don't know why. It's called Vox Voice of the Machine. What okay, great. Uh, more whiskey. 
This game does what I always wanted to see a game in virtual reality do, especially in terms of mech piloting. It's a giant mech game. You're it's like Mech Warrior 2. Puts you in the cockpit of a giant robot mech. This mech can turn 360 degrees, you know, laterally, like you know, can pivot just like, you know, your hips. It can't bend up and down, so it can't, like, you know, look at the floor and then look at the sky. But the cockpit is huge enough that you can see, depending on which model of mech you're using. And so, you're in this mech, okay? And you have these two controllers strapped to your hand. From the startup of the game, you actually have to touch. It's designed for sitting, for seated play. You don't have to run around or anything. I don't want to have to fucking run around. We'll get to that in a moment. Mm. You use literally your index finger. You press in virtual touch screens all the shit to get you to the tutorial. Then when you're in the mech, You have to, there are two sticks inside the mech. This is virtual reality here. This is inside virtual reality. One is a uh, left and right, like a, a, a throttle, but it's it's mounted uh, so it goes left and right instead of up and down. The other one is a throttle that goes up and down. You open your hands. First, you have to turn on the mech, which means finding the key there's a key. It's in an ignition. You have to use your open hand, find the key, you close your hand around the key, and you turn the key. Starts the mech. This sounds like a big pain in the ass. It is not. It is completely immersive. So the stick that goes left and right, that turns your mech left and right. So if you pull all the way to the right and if you let go you have that hand free to do other things. And you're looking through this giant uh, cockpit thing. So generally you have like your left hand on the other one but you literally close your hand and it doesn't cause any stress. It's not a big deal to do this. It just makes you feel exactly like you're piloting a fucking mech. All your weapons are controlled. Oh yeah, and then if, if you want to use your jump jets, you let go of your left hand, or you can do it with your right hand. You can do it with whatever. There's a targeting computer that you can reach over and slide in front of you if you need to have that in front of you for navigation. There's also a drop down, like uh, X-wing, like uh, like um, like in uh, uh, Star Wars Four, like uh, in uh, New Hope. Like I need a targeting computer. Luke, you've turned off your targeting. There's a targeting computer that lets you. Use your railgun at like long distances and shit. All of these things you manipulate with your hand. There's an air horn. You reach up, you grab the handle, you pull it. Ah, ah, ah. There's um, there's a there, there's there's a standard uh CB style headset, a handset right there. You have to pull it off the rack. 
and you click, hey, yeah, breaker, breaker, uh, you hear me? And, you know, when you let go of it, it automatically let, remounts to the rack, but it is fucking awesome! To fire your weapons, you use the left trigger and the right trigger. I don't know how to actually select different weapons. Mm. But I did play in multiplayer, and uh, we were destroying these bots in multiplayer, and uh, someone got on the comms and said, hey, can anyone hear this? And they sounded crystal clear. It's clear, probably clear, more clear than I sound to you right now, or as clear. I picked up my fucking handset, and I'm like, yeah, hey, buddy, yeah, here, read loud and clear. <laughs> We're killing them. He's like, my rep- the reply I got was, oh my god, this is so fucking cool! I'm like, roger that. <laughs> so you fire missiles with your right trigger, lasers with your with your left you don't use the sticks at all you actually have to use your hands to pilot the mech and it is fantastic it's not as good as mech warrior 2 and there's lots of room for improvement however now now we get to the big deals so actually you know we might get out of here under an hour and 30 famous last words as I mentioned previously the HTC Vive that that I had I never got it working prior to uh, or post Proton's release for Linux meaning that I could not play even when my HTC Vive was working for those glorious three months Um, I could never get it working with my favorite my favorite game in virtual reality which is called Gorn G-O-R-N now Gorn this is unfortunate because Gorn, Gorn is probably the best virtual reality game that I have ever played excuse me I got the hiccups now not because of the whiskey because of the enthusiasm enthusiasm I have not been able to get Gorn to run on my Linux machine for one reason. Gorn, and this is this will be true of if, so if you do buy a uh, or if you're considering buying a virtual reality headset, that's this is a better way of describing it. You need to consider this before if you want to buy it to play one specific game or like one or two specific games, you need to consider this before you buy any headset. On the Steam Store page, look and see what type of virtual reality it supports. My problem with Gorn is that Gorn could easily be played in a standing virtual reality environment, standing or sitting. Because it's really just pivoting around and swinging giant maces and picking up guys and throwing them at other guys. It's an amazing game. I haven't played it yet on Linux because Gorn is hard-coded to only support a uh a room scale virtual environment. Now, one thing about the Vive that was better than the Index, they're about the same, actually. The Index is actually easier to set up, so I'm going to take that back. I retract that. It's just a bigger pain in the ass. Is trying to cheat the Index into thinking that your, you know, mini- minimal 
standing room only sitting, you know, virtual reality experience is actually big enough to support a room scale environment when you don't act, when you know that you don't need a room scale environment inside the game. There are many things to consider about this that I won't go into right now, but you have to trace using the actual stick. You know, this is without the headset on. You have to prove to Valve Index and Steam VR that uh, your environment is actually big enough, which means that everyone on the face of the planet who does not live in a multi-million dollar mansion with their own dedicated fucking virtual reality computer room is going to cheat, which I did. I had to do it. Um, and it's not good because you can't reach things and I don't want to walk around anyway. I mean, I have a giant cable sticking out the back of my fucking head. Why would anyone want to walk around anyway with a giant cable you know, sticking out the back of their head, especially when they can't see anything that's in front of them? So, like, you know, in my room, like, and if you watch the live stream at all, uh, and we we live stream some of the mech game, Vox Machina or whatever the fuck, Machina or Machina or Machina or whatever the fuck you want to call it. We've live streamed some of it. Um, an hour of it, our first hour from the tutorial through our first multiplayer match, which we won, by the way. Um, I'm just saying, not very good at the game. Heat warning. You feel like you're in a fucking mech. But anyway, the bottom line is this. If I had to get up, and I'm very good at this. This is my third fucking virtual reality headset and system. Like, I know what the fuck I'm doing. When I get lost in a game, I get lost in a game. So far, like, I have not walked into anything, but I have two ukuleles hanging behind me. I have shit all over the floor. Like, my house looks like a fucking bomb fell on it. It's all paper and my dirty clothes stack up behind me. Anyway, I do drastically exaggerate the uh, workable space for my... uh, full-scale environment, and this is a pain in the ass, because every time you change the workable, the the type of environment, the, the type of play environment that you have, by the way, I've had the controller on my hand the entire time, on my, on my right hand, on my right hand, I'm not, you know, it's, it's that easy, once you, once you configure it properly, it will meld into your hand, so you do, like, so when you close your hand and make a fist, all of those fingers, every one of them individually are registered so I can flip you off inside the game inside of VR chat or whatever it's amazing and so you can close your hand around items like literally just close your hand around items to pick it up but you have to be close enough to them so Rick and Morty virtual Rickality which requires a full scale virtual reality I don't know why it requires a full scale I don't I, I can't fucking move throughout the environment. Like, I, I, you know, that would require like infinite space in the real world for me to like actually be able to, like, oh, I'm going to jog and I'm going to get to that position. And I'm going to fucking oh, give support fire. You know, where, no, it's not going to happen. So I don't know why um, a lot of games are hard coded to only support room scale virtual reality. You have to be wary of that because you need the space because switching between the two between room scale and standing only 
requires you to rerun room setup, which requires you to reboot everything. Like you have to reboot your computer. You have to re first. You have to you know do it through Steam VR. Then you have to quit Steam VR. Then you have to quit Steam. Then for me, because I don't fuck around anymore, because I've been burned so many times with the Vive, I reboot the fucking computer. Anyway, other thing that is amazing, um, the Valve Index has out of ear, meaning these, the, it has these two little speakers, one on each side of your head, obviously, one for each ear, that are, they don't plug into your head. They, they're outside of your ear. They're out of ear speakers. And these more accurately simulate, ostensibly, 3D sound by virtue of they're not inside your head. It kind of doesn't make sense when you first think about it, but if you really think about it, it totally makes sense. It also has a built-in microphone and uh yeah so two two other games that I want to mention cuz Rick and Morty I could not I I like I I like I had to turn around why in God's fucking green earth would you make a game in which in virtual reality you have to turn 360 degrees around what so that the cable can wrap around me and what, strangle me like a fucking cobra make me trip into my ukuleles as I walk into a wall trying to grab a fucking uh, a cabinet on like the floor like it makes no sense so your mileage will vary <laughs> depending on the game that you want to play and the room setup that you have finally last two games that I want to talk about I'm not going to play Vector 36, which is one of my favorite original um, Linux-supported Vive game. But, you know, it was... Uh, it supported the Vive. It didn't support Linux. And I played it on Windows. I downloaded it last night. I will be playing it uh, all today. I will be doing two things. Streaming... Live-streaming piano performance and live-streaming virtual reality and probably some games in between because, you know... I'm still playing Wolfenstein Youngblood, which is cool. But um, Google Earth V. Oh yeah, so the the stereo speakers and the micro the microphone works great. That's built into it. Well, wow, you can use it for VR chat. The speakers, if you you actually have to configure them. Oh, that's the other thing. I recommend if you are if you've just bought um a, a, a Valve Index. I recommend that you run not the straight up Steam VR. Oh shit, hang on. <laughs> yes, I do recommend that you run the straight up Steam VR because for forever you had to run a beta of Steam VR, which it didn't tell you about. Um, but now Steam VR is incorporated. It's a major new release for Steam VR. Um, let's see. Recent news. Ivor, again, you're fired. Steam VR update. This was 
August 1st. Update highlights improved Valve Index support with headset white point adjustments, better USB stability and other reliability improvements. Some of these fixes require firmware updates, which is why I had to update my firmware twice. Added thumbstick binding options, including auto-click, sticky-click, and double-click. The sticks, both of your sticks support full cording, C-H-O-R-D-I-N-G. I'm not reading this from their uh, recent news release. Um just in the same way that uh, the Steam controller does. So, let me talk about two more games, and then, then I'll, uh, I will get out... Well, three more games. So, Vector 36, I have not yet played, but Vector 36 is pod racing on Mars. And it's an older game, but this it's a single developer, and that guy is a maniac. I can't wait to play it. I did try Google Earth on the live stream yesterday along with Rick and Morty. Uh, Google Earth works pretty good. It has some weird audio artifacts to it. I have not yet really tested out the headset mounted speakers because you have to switch them. You have to switch your audio output to them or alternatively well, because I live stream none of the rules apply to me. So like alternately for like your average end user if you're not live streaming your virtual reality experience basically the bottom line is this you go to um, inside the Steam VR dashboard that pops up when you run Steam VR you click on the hamburger menu and you go to settings and you go to audio and you can have it turn on turn on the speakers and the mic depending on whether or not you're in a virtual reality application, and then you can also set alternates for when you're not in Steam VR. so those would be like, you know, your hardware speakers uh, you know, or just audio, you know, hardware audio out or whatever, um, and, and you know, Blue Yeti microphone or whatever microphone that you have that's, you know that you think is better um, I'm not fully experimenting with all that because I just have been trying to, you know, get into get into some games and live stream them Google Earth had some weird audio artifacts and had some weird there's been, I've had a whole fucking week of weird Steam connection download throughput issues and I've paid my cable bill um, and yeah I, I, I showed up BPR um, I posted it to the discord I just took a little video of running speed test. Yeah, I get 150 megabytes uh, down, megabits down. You know, like, there's no reason why it should be this bad, but it's been fucking horrific all week long. Um, So, okay, so two other games. No, I have not played Super Hot VR yet, but I did buy it, and it's installed, and I will be playing it. I have not played Knockout League or any boxing game that supports, you know, uh, sitting, standing, room scale. I just want standing, room scale is all I want. Um, but I did play, I did for purposes of checking, I did do Serious Sam VR The First Encounter, which is my favorite, and that I had set that up using the haptics on the HTC Vive to allow me to use the control pads, I didn't have to change anything. And the D-pads on the left and right controllers, the the the, the D the analog sticks work like a charm. Although that game did try to triple composite on me 
that's, you know, a part of my own problems, you know, unless you're trying to fucking run three monitors and live stream this shit, which means you're like, what, yeah, fuck, I don't even want to do the math on that, because it's like, it's gotta be like six fucking composite, you have three monitors, so one of them is one of the, it's a two of them are two of them are doubling it, and then there's a right and left for the for uh, the display port for the headsets, that's four, and then you're also compositing it via OBS, that's a fifth, you're compositing like five times, something like that, I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm right on that, but I, you know, it's it's a lot. It's a lot, and the more primitive the game, the you know, there are some performance issues with Serious Sam VR, but it is a 20 year old game. Finally, the other game that I I did play. Oh, two other games. Okay, yeah. So next to last is Sirento VR. S a i r e n t o VR which is a wall-running Prince of Persia ninja hack-and-slasher um, single-player adventure game that lets you wall-run and lets you do all this shit and you use actual, like, you know, you use your hands to use the swords and stuff. Um, I did do some of the tutorial on that and it worked flawlessly and it composite. it's a more modern game than any of the others and you do use the sticks that that game does only support, it seems, teleport style, blah, but in a way that makes sense because if you're going to jump and wall run, if you're going to jump at a wall, you know, 20 feet up in the air, it's like, you know, fucking, like fucking, let's say six meters, seven meters up in the air, okay? And you're going to jump at it. It's like the side of a building. And you're going to jump 20 feet up onto that wall. And then you want to wall run across it, across the face of it to your left. There's no real way that any control stick can actually let you do that. We'll know more about Sirento. I don't know how to pronounce it, even. Um, as soon as I've played more of it later today. Um, and I haven't played Knockout League, but the one of the craziest things. So one of my favorite things the last time I had uh, my HTC Vive working on Linux was Steam VR Home, which lets you teleport to other people's houses, and you can customize your house and do all sorts of shit. But it never worked back in the back in the day when I was still on the Vive. Oh, by the way, a lot of these games the virtual reality games I've listed have no native Linux support. They're running via Proton. Including, I think, Vox Machina or Machina or whatever the fuck. Uh, and that included online support. Online form... The game is still, I think, in early access, but... Um, let's see. Yeah, it's still in early access. So, there weren't a lot of people playing on the the servers. Blah, so you kind of don't get to really pick and choose, but it doesn't really matter because it's kind of a... Well, you'll see. Check out the video. I'll post a link to it in the show blurb for this week. 
one of the craziest experiences for me with the uh, Valve Index which is so infinitely superior in almost every way both in form, function, design value ease of use Linux support and uh, overall fun factor so far I've already played more games on Linux with the Valve Index in if you subtract Thursday, because I slept basically all of Thursday, I was sick got it on Wednesday at like 6pm set it up kind of made sure it ran, went to bed I was supposed to go to sleep for like 3 hours, I slept for 12 I felt that shitty um, and then I woke up and I'm like, oh god I took a peek at like my fucking uh, at my fucking phone, I'm like oh no, I did, uh, I went to sleep again for another fucking nine hours. How bad I felt. Um, oh, excuse me. So I woke up like Friday, basically, was my first full day. Yesterday was my first full day of VR, and I had a bunch of shit to do. It works out, it worked out of the box on Wednesday. That's just fucking crazy. Final thing, though. The Steam VR Home. I accidentally opened my home to somebody while I was trying to fuck with all this configuration bullshit. It is so much fun, by the way, just to, like, turn on the avatar mirroring and then conduct Tchaikovsky's Sixth Symphony with you in your silk top hat and your square head, and now you have all of your fingers rendered. It is amazing. And those fingers, as I mentioned, in terms of Vox Machina, 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 whatever the fuck, um, those fingers actually are rendered to, in some games, to rendered to good use. Like, you don't have to click a button anymore in some games, you know, blah. Like, literally, like, when I grab a stick in my Mac, when I grab a stick, that's what she said. When I grab a stick, and I really want to work it, I want to work it hard, right, left, up, down. <laughs> kidding, I'm kidding. Just getting pornographic. It is as simple as literally moving your hand to where it is and just closing your hand. You don't have to press a button. You don't have to find a button. You don't have to fumble with a button. Mainly the buttons are used for managing menus in my experience so far. They could be used for much more in future games. Finally, so I accidentally opened up my Steam VR home to somebody else, and I didn't know notice it. And I was still doing all this. It's like you know, ten minutes later, I'm still fucking around in my virtual environment. And I hear, "Hey man, what's up?" And I, t- <laughs> I almost shit my pants. I'm like, "Oh god, I gotta get out of here." because I realized oh my god it's somebody else and so as Ad Knight will tell you a friend of the show Ad Knight uh, VR chat which is free Uh, there's a lot of really good free virtual reality games out there that are um, multiplayer supported etc 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 big takeaways from the Valve Index not in comparison to the HTC Vive. Biggest things. 
one higher resolution display way easier on the eyes lighter headset than any VR headset that I've had it is a bit of a clunkier design by clunkier I mean like I have a ponytail and it, it kind of fucks it kind of struggles with the ponytail and the ponytail struggles with it um the control sticks will take at least three hours to get fully used to like just like once you get your base station set up and everything it's it's super easy though it's super easy it's just really learning how these things fit in your hand the best way so you can get the best range of movement from your thumb and all your fingers if you can have the stick mounted on your hand I know that sounds so weird but if you if you strap yourself into the stick, I know that sounds even weirder. Um, you can lather it into a frothy, creamy foam by moving it up and down. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just talking about sticks here. Just sticks. You get so good at handling the stick and using your actual fingers, dep- game depending. Um, it's fantastic. Biggest problems so far have all been with individual games and have been with legacy games, meaning like basically just room setup because you have to redo that all. I wish there was a goddamn fucking thing that like saved your setup from like, ah, I want to be standing only or I want to be room based. I wish there was a way you could toggle between those two that saved your setups for both. Um, Because that way you could run Gorn. I'm pretty sure. But Rick and Morty Virtual Reality, I was in that game. Um, that's does it's another unnecessary game that requires it's another game that requires unnecessarily in my opinion room scale VR, but we will see cuz we're we're going to get to the bottom of this. Um, it is fantastic. It is the best virtual reality experience that I've ever had. It is of a higher quality in every way both in terms of design, build, and function than anything else that is on the market. And in terms of ease of use, which is the number one fucking thing. Because you will have problems setting this up on Linux. Guarantee you. Because you know why? I've been using Linux for 20 fucking years. And out of those 20 fucking years, almost fucking nothing has ever not been a problem to set up in one way or another and in my use case scenario I have a very complex setup, I think that for any average user, especially if you don't want to live stream or whatever holy shit, it's out of the box we will see how the developers you know, the development community I don't mean like just in terms of Linux I mean just in terms of the world what tools they use and how well they uh, adapt to Valve Index but I think that Valve Index will I think that Valve Index crushes HTC Vive and I think that HTC Vive destroys the old Oculus Rift SDK 2 now evidently Oculus has like some sort of you know handheld thing that also offers, you know, basically the same, like, you know, I can see my hands in augmented reality kind of functionality. Oh! That's the other thing! Last thing! Okay, we only have, like, 30 seconds, and then I gotta go. 
Congratulations to Gavin Stance, blah, blah, blah. Wolfenstein 3. Uh, Wolfenstein uh, Youngblood next week, along with Graveyard Keeper. We'll do three reviews next week. We might have to. But I gotta tell you, in the links for this week's show blurb is a link to a Reddit post where this guy turned on pass-through from his base stations and the front-mounted cameras on the Valve Index. And that shows you what the base stations see. This guy navigates his fucking room like all these little objects and shit. You gotta see this video. Even though it's in a Reddit forum. A Reddit Reddit thread. It's at the very top. It's not on like Vimeo or, or YouTube. You gotta see this. Check that shit out. So all that combined with the uh, built-in speakers, the built-in microphone, um, the improved visual quality, and it's very comfortable to wear. It is so comfortable to wear. Um, I mean, it it it's it's fantastic. So it will be a competitor, at least. I mean, I, I don't know anything about uh, PlayStation Four virtual reality. I don't give a fuck, really, in all honesty, because. I know that PlayStation 4 doesn't run Linux, and Linux doesn't run PlayStation 4, so therefore I go for the Linux uh, VR headset that I can use. This is the one that you want. Cheers, I will catch you next week. Thank you for bearing with me during it. Uh, I mean, it's a very complex episode. (laughs) You gotta check it out. Check out the stream tonight. It's Saturday, uh, the 3rd of August, and I will catch you next week. Later days. Oh, it's so rad. Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farm. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yada, yada, yo. Four or five times. We're going to have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yada, yada, yada. Four or five times. Matt Damon. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farm. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die.
Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.